blame oh, him for that. I was you the, the one blaming him with that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson Wentz is the go. Oh, your team sucked, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking. Blasphemous. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Picks podcast. Today, we're going to be doing a bit of a spin-off show, as there's not a ton of news leading up to the start of the season. So next week, we'll be back with a regular episode, but this week, we'll be going over our award finalists for the NHL. So a lot of the award finalists were named already, and that'll be the intention of the show today, is to give our own breakdown and go over some of the ones that were awarded. But before we do that, joining me today, as always, is our producer, Parker. Hello. And apologies in advance if our connection's a little bit shaky. We're having some technical difficulties behind the scenes today, but we're going to try to gun her through it. So without further ado, Parker, give me an award category that we're starting with, and we'll go from there. All right, let's start off with Vesna because we both love our goalies so much. Right. So do you want to read out the finalists that are already there? Yeah, so you may or may not have heard these names before from past years with the Vesna, but the three candidates are Connor Hellebuck with the Jets, Tuka Rask with the Bruins, and Andre Vasilevsky with the Lightning. Right. I think two of those are good. One of them I'm not so sure about for this year. Yeah, I agree. So out of those three, who do you think is going to win? So I think if we've been following the trend with how the Vesna has been awarded in the past, it's not going to go to the person who should get it, but it's going to go to the person who hasn't gotten it from like getting snubbed from past years. So like in 2018, Connor Hellebuck should have won the Vesna, but it went to Pecorine. And then in 2019, Ben Bishop should have won the Vesna, but went to Andre Vasilevsky because he didn't win it in 2018. Right. So this year, I think Connor Hellebuck's going to win the Vesna. I have a hard time disagreeing with you, simply because if you look at his stats, he has, I believe it's uh, 9% more goals saved on expected shots than any other goalie. Yeah, I think his thing is like, he has, like, some ridiculous number where it's, like, 16, and then, like, the next highest is, like, 9. Expected, yeah, I, I did see that. It's, like, exp- I forget the name of the stat. It's, like, expected goals against, and it's just stupid high. Well, I saw the one thing about Hallebach, too, going back to him for a second, is you got to remember he's playing behind one of the, I wouldn't say worst teams, but worst playoff teams. Like, the Jets really aren't that good. So he's done really well for them, too. Yeah, like, their defense is uh, really bad. It's worse than the Penguins' defense, which is pretty bad. Right. They do not have a number one defenseman at all. They don't even have, like, a number two, really. Whoa, whoa, what do you mean? Who? The only one I can think of is Morrissey. Oh, you're talking about the Jets. I, think I was a little confused. I was like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> you brought up the Penguins, I said, I was going to say, relax. We, we do have a number one defenseman. Um, no, you are correct. Although, is Morrissey their number one defenseman? Because I would say Sammy Niku. I mean, honestly, it could be anyone at this point. Remember when we traded Jacob Drew for Neil Pionk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big trade. I mean, Neil Pionk has been playing bad, but he's... He hasn't been Jacob near, Truba. He's nowhere, yeah, he's nowhere near Jacob Truba, that's for sure. So what's your opinion so, about the other two finalists? I mean, I know so you it's were Rask saying... So it's right? Yeah, and I know you were saying that one of them shouldn't be on the list. Yeah. Rask has played really well, and if I had to pick a candidate, I think Rask should win it. Boston realistically should not have been as good as they were. I mean, they had one line. One line. And they barely have a defense. I mean, their defense is good with McAvoy and Krug. 
But after that, it's really not that good if you think about it, which, in, in theory, they really don't have that strong of a defense. They have one or two good guys. Rask, he, I mean, it helps that they had, I believe it's a lot, you know, as his backup, and they both played really well. But Rask has played really well for a while, and I think this year especially. And I think because the Atlantic is sort of a, uh, it, it's a tough division to play in. So that's my reasoning for Rask. And I'll tell you why I don't think Vasilevsky should be there. He's played well, but he started off really shaky. And honestly, he benefits a lot from his team. And you don't see a lot of Vesna candidates getting the Vesna because of their team. It's not that he wasn't good this year. He probably was a top five goalie. Uh, I'd say he was, but I don't think he should be there because he's not going to win it. There's no chance he gets it. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. But I think it kind of goes like the... Maybe the candidates this year just weren't that strong. I think there was one really strong candidate, Hellebuck, who probably should win it but won't. I think there's a really good candidate in Rask who probably shouldn't win it necessarily but will. And I think you have Vasilevsky, who is a good candidate. But again, I don't remember the last time a goalie who was on a good, like a really, really good team, especially a team that came off a historic season, winning it. And because... The Vezina is supposed to be the goaltender most valuable to his team. Is there a case that Vezlowski is the most valuable player in the Lightning? I don't think there is. I think there's three or four guys ahead of him. It sort of makes me think of the Brian Holpe situation, although that's kind of different because he got 50 wins that year. Right. But still, sort of like a product of the team kind of thing. I mean, just look now, at him now. Moving on to the, uh, we'll move on to Ted Lindsay. Does that sound good? Okay. I just wanted to say with the Vezna, I'm not sure with uh-huh. Rask because he has, like, he only played, like, 50-something games, which kind of, like, makes me a little hesitant. Yeah, a lot of goalies who don't play a lot of games also don't win it, but, I mean, 50 games is still a lot. That's still 85% of the workload, basically, for, for the goalie, which was more than we're used to seeing. Okay, so Ted Lindsay. So we have Leandre Sedol, Nathan McKinnon, and Artemi Panarin. First of all, who do you think should win it out of that group? Uh, and, and I know before going forward, I was just going to say, we didn't have one for the Vesna because I think those are three good candidates. But if you have a dark horse that should have been nominated that didn't, by all means. Ben Bishop. <laughs> that oh. was actually the one I was thinking. I will always so say really Ben ironic. Bishop. He's it's a travesty. <laughs> he hasn't gotten him one already. Yeah, I was actually going to say Ben Bishop too because he played so well for Dallas. Didn't he have like a shutout streak this year? Like two or three games almost? Yeah, he played out. He's been... Every year he plays out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so that's... that's we'll, we'll put him as our dog horse. So who do you have out of the three for the Ted Lindsay? I'd probably have to go with Nate McKinnon. Okay. Because, if I recall correctly, he lost both of his wingers at some point in the year. Right. So he really had to carry the team for a while. I agree. In theory, what do you think about the Panarin and Dreisaitl nominations, just quickly, if you had a thought on them? Dreisaitl, the thing is with him is that, you know, he's always going to benefit from having McDavid on his team. So it's really hard to give him, like, it's really hard to call him the MVP of his team. Because, correct. And And McDavid played better than him, too, I think. And then Panarin, I... I'm going to be honest, I don't really know how he has played with the Rangers. He, I, mean, I know he's he been was, really good, but like, it was he, an MVP level? Yes, he was incredible this season. 
you can make an argument that Panarin, because, okay, you're looking at the Ted Lindsay for a second, it's the most outstanding player by the NHLPA. So it's not the heart, it's not the player judged to be the most valuable to his team. I think that's important in context. So, for me personally, none of these players are the most important person on their team. And I'll tell you why. Dreisel has McDavid, like you said. McKinnon has Rantanen, who is arguably just as valuable. And he also has a really good team around him. If you lose McKinnon with that Avalanche team, oh, they're hurting. But are they falling out of playoff contention? Absolutely not. And again, this isn't the heart, but this is, you know, I don't think he's the most valuable player in the NHL. I think David Pasternak should have won it. I think he should be the nominee and the winner. Because he, he was like on a crazy goal scoring pace. I think he broke the goals per game record or something, or was on pace to break it, like in a streak there. That's why I had Pasternak up there. I mean, Panarin's another good pick, but none of them really say to me they're the most valuable player in the NHL, because we all know who that is. That's me, David. So that should have been the McDavid Award, but they don't do that for some reason. Yeah, I always get 10 Lizzie and Hart mixed up. Yeah, the, the Hart is the one that's the most valuable to their team, which, okay, in that situation, so I was talking to Adam yesterday, and it's a shame he wasn't on the show today, but he made a good point. He said he thinks out of Dreisel and McKinnon, whoever doesn't win the Ted Lindsay will win the heart. I think he said that he felt like McKinnon should win the Ted Lindsay and Dreisel wins the heart. I think I'd flip that, honestly, just because you can make an argument that McKinnon is more valuable to his team than Dreisel, I think. Also, keep in mind, Edmonton, nobody hates Edmonton players more than the Edmonton writers, and there's like three or four NHLPA writers from Edmonton. So I don't really see them voting in Dreisel. That's interesting. It's the old Toronto bias thing. Why do you never see Toronto players win nominations? Because nobody hates Toronto players more than Toronto. Am I wrong? No. Okay. Moving off to Lindsay, you have any more thoughts or no? No, I kind of Okay, agree. so we'll move to the Masterton, which this isn't really an exciting award, but this is basically the we'll comeback award. So this year we have... Three good nominees for finally, I think. We have Stephen Johns, which is kind of an outside one, uh, Bobby Ryan, and Oscar Lindblom. So, what are your thoughts? This one's a toughie. I really think it's between Bobby Ryan and Oscar Lindblom. Thing is with Lindblom is that he hasn't gotten back to the ice yet, I don't think, while Bobby Ryan has. And I think because of that, I would ha- for me, I would have to give the slight edge to Bobby Ryan. At least for now. I think Lindblom would be a good candidate for next year. Okay. Now, see, here's, here's my thoughts. Lindblom had uh, a stage of bone cancer. So it would have been very hard for him to come back and play in general this season. Even with COVID. He's practicing. So I'm going to count that as a return to the ice. Oh, and bel- that, yo, and that, oh, that changes this then. I believe he's practicing, yes. And... I don't know if he's going to be on the postseason roster. I, I really, I'm going to try to look that up quickly. Bobby Ryan, though, is a really interesting candidate because he's been through so much in the past couple seasons. Like, it's really tough for me to say one way or the other if he's... Did, okay, did he do enough this season coming back? That's the question. I mean, he did get a hat trick his first game back. He did. That is true. I don't know. I just think, to me, I really think it's got to be Lindblom. Because 
for him to come back in general from that is tough. If he ever plays an NHL game again, which it sounds like he's obviously going to play it this season, potentially, that's incredible because that's a really tough thing to come back from. I think going back to players who have had cancer and won it, Lemieux, I believe, won it. I believe it was somebody with the Flyers won it with the diabetes, I believe. There, I think there's been a few players who, when they get like a medical illness that come back and play, they seem to win it. And nothing against Stephen Johns, who also went through some post-traumatic, uh, post-traumatic or what do you call it, the, the concussion thing, the post-concussion syndrome, is that what it's called? Yeah. Post-concussion syndrome. He went through that for the majority of the start of the season and came back. That's also a really tough thing to battle back from. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be up there, but I think in context, Bobby Ryan overcame quite a bit, and Lindblom is still overcoming. This is always a tough one. It's hard to be mad at anybody who wins it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, this year in particular is a toughie. Mm-hmm. But I think that's good. It means that we finally have people worth cheering for. Yeah. So that's good. Let me think here. So what's the next one we have up here? Lady Bing. Yeah, so I've got some thoughts about this one. Okay. Go on. Um, Alright, so I'm going to get on my soapbox here a little bit. So the finalists for Lady Bing. Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, and Ryan O'Reilly. And I'll tell you why this is a hands-down slam-dunk win for Nathan McKinnon. Do you want to know why? Out of the three of them, Nathan McKinnon is the only one without a off-the-ice event. It's as simple as that. Ryan O'Reilly is gentlemanly on the ice. Sure, he doesn't take a lot of penalties, any at all, really. He's very rarely in scraps. He's not a dirty player. He's a great player. And comparatively to what Matthews did, it's not quite a big deal, but he still drunk drove through a Tim Hortons not that long ago. I don't think a lot of people forgot that, and I remember he was up for Lady Bing that year, too. Austin Matthews, just this past offseason, was hit with a... What was it? I believe it was disorderly conduct charge, right? Yeah, and that was when he was in his condo, right? Or apartment. Right, yeah, he, he... I think he basically mooned a security officer after she had told him, like, just basically chill out and go back to your condo. And he and his friends, like, <laughs> basically... I don't know how to describe it. Disorderly conduct was a little bit of a light charge for what he did. I'm not saying he should be like locked up without the key, but he definitely could have gotten hit with more than what he got hit with. <laughs> so, how was that gentlemanly? There was literally talk about him being the captain before that happened, and how they chose Tavares to be the captain right after that because they didn't want to award it to Matthew. So if their own team can't give him the C, they don't think he's good enough to win the C, is it smart to put to give him an award that he's gonna forever be etched on? Is that a good look? Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. Uh, listen, McKinnon. I don't. I couldn't tell you how many minutes he has. Couldn't tell you what he's done this season. Like, if he was cheap shoot shooting people, I really don't think Nathan McKinnon takes cheap shots. And listen, he's oh, he's an amazing player. He should be. Any other year, I'd say pick any three for the Lady Bing. I don't care. This year, it really just seems like there's only one candidate that actually makes sense. Yeah, I, the only times I ever care about Lady Bing is when Johnny Gaudreau is nominated. 
and I'm like, give it to him immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's usually it for me. I felt that. Like, sort of like how everyone views Bergeron with the Selkie, I sort of view Gaudreau with Lady Bing. Right. I feel that. So, for that note, we're going to kind of run through the other awards that haven't been announced yet, and we'll kind of give our predictions. Okay? Okay. So, I'm reading a Sportsman article from uh, just about a month ago from Elliot Friedman. So, this is 31 Thoughts, breaking down the major NHL award races. So, he has, for the heart, I'll give you the people he has considered, and if you have anybody else you want to talk about, we can. He has Patrice Bergeron, Jack Eichel, Roman Yossi, Brad Marchand, David Posternock, and he says on the ballot is Connor Hellebuck. So I believe that means that he's actually like on the ballot itself. Ooh. Hellebuck's so, an interesting one. It is. Because you very rarely see a goalie win the heart. Yeah, Carey Price is the last one to do it in 2015. But it's like, I don't think Hellebuck was at a a carry price level. No, did, well, yeah, was he the most valuable player to his team as well? I think there's a certain. You can definitely say Mark Shifley or even Patrick Laine played more important roles than him, right? Well, right. Like Wheeler. But, but Hellebuck. The thing is with Hellebuck is he sort of got. They were sort of like, hey, just stop every shot, please. Literally. Or else we're going to lose every game. Well,. And yeah, and to that credit too, I don't think you can win the heart if you're underrated. I think a lot of people underrate Connor Hellebuck. Like, honestly, I didn't know what he was having the season he was having until I saw him as a Vesna candidate. I really don't think that bodes well for a heart candidate. Like, you should know, hey, this guy is the reason they're there, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so is there any Dark Horse nominees you want to toss in there, or did you have one on that list? I mean, I'm okay with... Oh, goodness. I, I would have to... For me, I would have to wait to see it to get parsed down the three. But right. for Hart, I feel like I would have to go with one of McKinnon or Pasternak. Okay. Those are good. I think Pasternak especially is a really good one. Out of those that he listed, he actually had one I was going to say. Jack Eichel. I think there's a very fair argument to be made that Jack Eichel might be the most valuable player to his own team in the entire league. I think without him, the Buffalo Sabres are a AHL team. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not even going to go any further. I'm just going to say Jack Eichel should win that. Realistically, if there was an award, he should win it. It would be the heart because he is the most valuable player to his team. Moving right along. Norris. So I'm trying to find. Uh, he has this kind of. Yeah, here. Okay. So we have the Norris. Yeah. So so just an aside, the finalists for the heart, right. Norris I and just Selkie. Aren't like aren't actually being revealed until Monday. Right. So right we're now just we're, kinda... just, we're just going off what Elliot Friedman thinks they're going to be. Right, and this is a month old article too, so there are some some changes here and there. But yeah, like like Parker said, we'll know more on Monday. But we're also it's also kind of hard. To, I mean, you're you're throwing darts at the wall anyways. So so Norris, do you have one here? Do you think should win it? The list here Elliot Friedman has is. Ryan Ellis, Mark Giordano, Victor Hedman, Seth Jones, Jakob Slavin, Jared Spurgeon, and then he also has Dougie Hamilton, Charlie McAvoy, and Petrangelo on the ballot. So, that's what we have right now. Honestly, Norris is a little... Who's playing good defensively this year? Okay, yeah, well, this is the thing, too. 
don't forget, the Norris isn't who's the best defenseman. The Norris is who's the defenseman with the most points. Yeah, Let's so, be that, so that would probably be Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton, like, got, he got eviscerated. Hurt. So. Right. It would have been Dougie Hamilton. That's what I would have said. I think there's a fair argument to say that if this was the best all-around defenseman or best, like, best defenseman, Jakob Slavin should have won. And I think Elliot Friedman actually has it here. He's like, he thinks Slavin's going to win one in a few years. <laughs> yeah, there's but, no way. I can't see Slavin winning this year because he's not no. that big of a name to begin with. And honestly, I think that's what it comes down to as well. Is that you, got, you need to have like name recognition to get an award. Right. And let's be real here. John Carlson had like almost 80 points. <laughs> it's got to be John Carlson, right? I hope not. I mean, he's by far and wide the highest scoring defenseman this I, season. I don't care how many points a defenseman scores. All they care about is how many points they give up. Well, unfortunately, though, you don't work for the NHL. That's the that's a great mindset, but that's not how they judge it. They judge it based on points. So if we're if we're picking dream candidates, of course, I'm not putting John Carlson there. But here's my soapbox. That drives me nuts. It's called defenseman, yeah. not offenseman. Right, it's not the fourth forward award. Correct. <laughs> As I like but to call it. Otherwise, Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty would never, ever, ever win the Norris. Because they both are atrocious. And Crystal Tang would never be nominated for the Norris. Because they're all three are atrocious defensively. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, realistically, too, if we're being the most all-around defenseman out of that group, it's Victor Hedman. Because he does a little bit of everything right. He does two things perfect, and that's being big and scoring. But yeah, I don't want my bias to come through here, but I genuinely think Victor Hedman's one of the better, well, like fully, like well-rounded defensemen in the NHL because he's really big, but he's also like a really, really good puck mover, especially for his size. He is, yeah. I think, I mean, Victor Hedman's not underrated anymore, thankfully. Yeah, he was for a little while. He was for like forever until like three years ago. He was. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd probably go with Victor Hedman, too, if I'm being realistic, but we all know it's going to be John Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> Scooting like, right along here. So the Calder. This is the one I'm going to get up on my soapbox for, because there's a lot of opportunities here to pick somebody. So the Calder, he has Mackenzie Blackwood, Dennis Koryanov, John Marino, Alvis Merz-Lickmans, Ilya Samsonov, Nick Suzuki, and then on the ballot, he has Adam Fox, Dominic Kubalik, Victor Olofsson, but, and um, this is something I haven't done for the previous two, he says it came down to Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. So, we know, we yeah. know that's who it's going to be between anyway. Well, well, we, well, well, the finalists are Hughes, McCarr, and Kubalik. Kubalik, yeah. Which, I'll get on my soapbox in a second, but out of those three, who are you feeling and what are your thoughts? <sighs> this one's really close between Hughes and McCarr. I'd probably have to... Oh man, I would have, to, I would probably have to give the edge. Me personally, I would give it to Hughes because he has a little bit less to work with than Makar. Although right. the thing is with the Calder nominations this year, how do you not put a goalie up there? Right. With I mean, the there's... three goalies that have been playing insanely well this year, you don't put a single one of them up there. Right, and I mean this is really the year of the defenseman too. I mean. Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, it's obviously not not to them, right? I mean, we know it's going to be one of those two. Kubalik had a great season, but it's between Hughes and McCarr. However, 
I don't understand how Mackenzie Blackwood didn't make it with how he played. How Ilya Samsonov didn't make it with how he played. And honestly, again, you said about your bias. I'm going to have a little bit of Pittsburgh bias here, but a lot of people were calling for John Marino to get more votes. He, how many defensemen do you know that can get acquired for a six-round pick from Edmonton, can come and be the best defenseman on their team immediately at 22 years old or whatever he is, 21? He was, without a doubt, one of the best defensemen in the NHL this year, based on statistics. Like, yeah, he only had like 30 points, which is not bad. He literally, in his rookie season, was one of the top five shutdown defensemen. You know how hard that is to be? And also put up points. It's not easy. So there's my soapbox. But uh, yeah, I feel you with the goalie thing. Did you, out of Blackwood and Samson, who did you feel was, I mean, or unless you're tossing Mercilessness in there too. Out of those three, who would you have picked? I would have picked Shesterkin. Oh, yeah. Why isn't Shesterkin up there? I he know had, he didn't have a ton of like, games. But... He played like, 25 games, and I believe he won, like, 22 of them. Yeah, why is he not up there? That's really odd, isn't it? Yeah, also, and I really don't, you know, my feelings I think about part Tristan of it's Jari, because but, he got injured, too. Well, also, too, you know my feelings about Tristan Jari, but he, I believe he qualifies as a rookie, does he not? He's not up there either. Maybe he doesn't, but... I don't think so. Anyways, yeah, Chester can, should have been up there. He's been dominant this season. He literally had a freak accident that stopped him from being up there. So we got a couple more to go through today before we wrap. We got the Selkie Trophy. Not the most exciting. For so you. Here, I love the uh, Selkie. Well, okay. <laughs> this is the Patrice Bergeron slash Japanese <laughs> award. So we have, under consideration, we have Blake slash Coleman, Philly Dennell. Yeah, yeah, I forgot he exists. Whoops. Blake Coleman, Philip Dennell, Thomas Hurdle. On the ballot, he has Gabriel Landeskog. Which, that's a really good one, too. Side note. He's not going to win it, but good side note. And it came down to Patrice Bergeron, Anthony Sorelli, Sean Couturier, and Ryan O'Reilly. What are you feeling? It's going to be Bergeron if he's on the ballot. Really? Yeah. Not even any questions? Nope. Because I've got some thoughts. No questions. Me, personally, I wouldn't go with any of the four, and I would go with Deneau. But that's not going to happen. So, it's going to be Bergeron. I... I actually am going to make a really dark horse candidate here. I don't know if he's actually nominated, but Anthony Sorelli should have won it. He, when it comes down to it, Anthony Sorelli literally did everything. He's like he had six arms. He just, he came out there, had a good season offensively, and was the most valuable defensive player to his team on a team of fairly good, competently defensive players. So that's my thoughts with Sorelli. Yeah, Sorelli's a very good two-way forward. I think he's even better than uh, Austin Matthews in that regard. Oh, God. I thank <laughs> God that'll live on forever. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah. I hope he's one of the finalists. It'd be nice for him to get some love, but I could sort of see the voters being sick of Lightning players already. Yep. And last one that we have today is the Jack Adams. So, oh, yep. keeping in mind, we're not going to go through the awards that are foregone conclusions. The points award, like the goal scoring award, we're not going to go through ones with a player who's guaranteed to win it. It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, Rocket Richard's OV, right? Probably? Oh, uh, yeah, I believe so. I, okay. It wouldn't shock me if it was. So we got Bruce Cassidy, John Torella, and Elaine Vigneault as the finalists for the Jack Adams. So, these candidates are actually pretty good. And a lot of them have sort of a similar story, well, especially with Tortorella and Vigneault, with mm-hmm. 
taking two like mediocre teams and getting them to the playoffs. Right. So I see with to the be... Flyers haven't been there for a while. I don't think. Well, not even that, but I think if you come into a series with the Jackets or the Flyers, uh, I don't know if I would have been afraid of the Flyers if they were in it with a different coach. But with Alain Vigneault, they had that team going. Like, I'm not trying to play the Flyers, and I know I'm not trying to play Blue Jackets. Lane, I mean, you gotta remember, Lane Vigneault, he got, he got the Rangers a President's Trophy, and that team was tough to play against. They were. And I think, you know, Tortorella is a good pick. Bruce Cassidy is a good one with the Bruins. I gotta say, though, there's two coaches I would have put up there as well. I would have definitely considered, and you can say bias or whatever you want, but Mike Sullivan took what shouldn't have been a Penguins playoff team and put them in the playoffs. That's saying something. I mean, that team, we literally lost everybody and still made it. I mean, That's I, good coaching. I mean, I could agree with that. I'm not saying he should have won it, but I'm saying he should have been nominated. And who's, and, the, who's the other one? Rick Tockett? Yeah, Rick Tockett, or I was going to say uh, Montreal, Julian. But wow. honestly, because they got in the playoffs too, but honestly, Rick Tockett, like, man, Arizona's good. Like, I'm not afraid to play them, but I last year I came into every Arizona game against my team thinking it's probably going to be two points. I don't know if you think that way anymore. And they, they did that without Phil Kessel playing well. They I mean, did that with Taylor Hall playing abysmal. I mean, I don't say that. Tampa historically plays like poop against the Coyotes. Yeah, you guys also get swept by the Blue Jackets in the first round, so. Yeah, anyways. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, that's our awards. Interesting time, and uh, again, we won't be doing a typical award show like we did last year. But we will be doing one for the actual NHL awards, whenever the hell they are. I think it's like the same week as the draft. So I think you're right on that. I would definitely like to see us have a show with with Adam and whatnot on, trying to do a live show like we did with the NFL draft, because that's one thing I wanted to announce today, Parker. I think we talked about this, but we're going to do an NHL draft live, right? Hell yes. Okay, I definitely think we can get into that. That'll be a good time. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be good. But we'll wrap it there for today. Okay. Okay. All right, and we'll be back next week with. Probably some more substantial stuff, because as hockey picks up, I mean, training camps are going back now. Players are playing. And as we inch closer to that August 1st, or whatever it is, yeah, August 1st, we're going to obviously have more and more come out and about team sheets and whatnot. So we'll go from there. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.